Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new exciting episode of uh, Career Focus, part of Influential Future. Today, as my guest, I have um, a very good friend, Martin Andreev, who is a um, consultant, a specialist in organizational transformation projects. Um, hello, hello, Martin. How are you? Hey, good morning, Alex. How are you doing? I'm fine as well. Uh, thank you for taking the time um, to be part of the uh, Career Focus uh, interview. I really appreciate uh, your time and hopefully our listeners will find your uh, experience and insight quite useful. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very glad that I'm here. Um, so let's start. Can you can you give me a brief um, intro uh, about yourself? All right. Uh, shall we start with uh, my education? Shall we start with my work experience? Uh, let's start with your uh, education first. All right. Uh, okay. So in terms of education, so Actually, I've got quite um, broad kind of uh, education in the sense that I've um, I've uh, studied in uh, different countries. So I've got um, I've got two bachelor's degrees from um, uh, one from the UK and one from France, and also I've got a master's uh, degree from uh, from Netherlands. Uh, so first to start with uh, with the first one. So um, in two thousand and ten, I decided to to go to UK. To pursue uh, my uh, bachelor's, so I opted for a double uh, bachelor's degree in international management. Mm -hmm. So basically, the degree was two years in UK, so at uh, Lancaster University uh, in England, and two years in France. And eventually, I obtained two degrees, uh, one from each university, mm -hmm. and the partner university in France was Neoma Business School, which at that time was called uh, Reims Management School. Um, I would say I was actually pretty satisfied with the education I received from both uh, institutions because both both of these universities they were in uh, in uh, basically in uh, top ten for business and management um, uh, degrees in their respective countries, and I was pretty happy with uh, with what I received there. Uh, so um, so this is uh, with regards to my uh, bachelor's um, for my masters, I. Of course, I was still considering um, England and France, but I thought it might be too expensive to pursue a master's there, at least in a top university, mm -hmm. because they can get uh, quite pricey. So um, at that time, I applied uh, to different universities in the Netherlands, in Sweden, but also in Denmark. But eventually, I decided to pursue a master's uh, in uh, Tilburg University in the Netherlands. And there I did a master's in uh, strategic management and I specialized uh, in uh, strategic consultancy, which was quite, uh, I would say, um, well, quite some specialization and also a little bit practical experience uh, mm -hmm. on top of everything else because we were doing uh, very nice practical projects with also clients during the actual master's, which was very nice. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, regarding my bachelor's, my master's. Uh, Regarding high school, uh, yeah, I do have. Uh, so uh, I graduated from uh, first English, uh, first English language school from Sofia. Um, and I think that's it. Pretty much it. Uh, Excellent. So, so do you, is there a specific reason that motivated you to go into um, international management and strategic management as well? Was there a particular reason that excited you about it? Or was yeah, that, it like, what was it something else? That's actually a good question. So when I was in high school, 
to be honest, I liked many of the subjects, but I was uh, really fond of mathematics, but also languages, in, mm -hmm. uh, in particular French. But also, uh, for example, I was not uh, in favor of pursuing, let's say, a career or a bachelor's degree in uh, subjects like medicine or or law. I was just interested on a little bit more in the in kind of in the business part, in the management part. So I decided, but but I was not sure what exactly I want to do. Do I want mm -hmm. to focus more on finance? Do I want to focus more on economics, uh, on business, or whatever? So I eventually decided to pursue, a, let's say, a broader uh, bachelor's, so that later on, once I get, uh, once I obtain some uh, work experience, I can uh, specialize uh, in a specific area. And this is basically what I did. So um, I started um, quite broad, I would say. Um, and then you specialized. Exactly, because I was uh, for my bachelor's, I was pretty much studying everything from mm -hmm. finance to economics to change management to strategy, yeah, to everything. Perfect. Um, so, obviously, once you finish your education, that comes the next next big step, uh, finding finding work after after finishing it. So, did you find the process easier? Did you find it difficult? Did you have an idea what specifically you wanted to work, or it took you some time to find out? Uh, yeah, so when I finished my bachelor's, at that point, I was in France. Um, so I already did a few internships during my bachelor's, so kind of already had an idea what I want to do. But I knew at that point that I wanted to go back to Sofia and work there at least for a little bit. So after my bachelor's, I decided to go back home uh, mm -hmm. to at least spend a couple of years there. And then later on, eventually I decided to again uh, go abroad. For my masters but at that point i knew that i want to spend a couple of years in sofia and work there um so in terms of process to be honest i didn't find it difficult why because um at least from my experience if you uh, have some experience uh for example if you if you did some internships uh, while studying at university and then if you have if you graduated from a top university abroad at, at least to me, it was not that difficult to find a job uh, once you're back in Bulgaria. Uh, just to give you an example, once I went back uh, home, I went back to Sofia, within one month, I got some something like seven or eight job offers already. Uh, so those were related to different companies, uh, again, uh, with um, uh, business and uh, management aspect, but I didn't find it difficult because I already had some experience. And at the same time, I had also uh, two, uh, let's say, top degrees from uh, from good universities abroad and uh yeah let's say the the process was was smooth for me at least okay um and obviously once you started working you tend to specialize you build your knowledge so do you have a typical work day or is it more dynamic than that oh, yeah that's a it's a good question uh let me think so uh, if I think about my current uh, job uh, in my current role as a transformation uh, consultant, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say I have a typical, let's say, workday because it really depends on the on the needs of the client. Okay. So right now, for example, I'm acting as a change agent in a transformation of a large domain in an agile way of working. So the starting point is the client. So you need to be able to understand the needs of the client and what they want. And then afterwards, uh, and afterwards, it's essentially a change management process. 
So uh, let's say when I talk about day-to-day uh, -day work, uh, yeah, initially, as I mentioned, you start with understanding the, the challenges the client is facing, but then you start kind of uh, the actual transformation. So then uh, it is, I would say, uh, it involves quite a diverse, uh, it's, a, it's quite a diverse role with a lot of uh, different duties and responsibilities. So for example, uh, just to give an example, right now I've, I've got a feeling that I'm at the same time a strategist because I'm advising the client, mm -hmm. advisor, uh, a facilitator, and of course a coach because I'm working in an agile way of working and I'm also coaching teams as well um, and leaders as well. So it is uh, quite a diverse uh, job, I would say. Sounds very interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah, it seems that you enjoy it quite a lot. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Um, so obviously when you work on different projects, you get to work with different clients and sometimes you have difficult clients. Do you, have you established a way of dealing with difficult clients? Do you have, or it depends on what happens in the situation? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, yes, that's, a, yeah, that's interesting indeed. Uh, so, uh, it depends. So it depends on the client. So, uh, let's say in terms of. Um, challenges that I'm facing now, uh, especially when dealing with clients, I would say uh, many of the companies, they often tell you that uh, the solutions that you offer simply won't work for them. Because let's say, yes, they were working maybe for a specific company, but then they're different. So you need to come up with something different for them. And, uh, and that's actually true. So uh, this, this is indeed often the case. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that you don't sell one size fits all solutions. That's that's quite important, and this is what also I, I found out, and this is what also what we do um, at Blinklane. Um, uh, why? Because yeah, you need to be able to understand the client's uh, problem and specific challenges first, and then uh, propose a solution. Mm -hmm. So, so it really depends on their organizational uh, context and what works for them. So it could be yes, you might have, uh, for example an approach in mind, or let's say you might be using a specific framework or a model, but it should always be blended with uh, also the organizational context of the client, because you need to make sure that it works for them. Yes, obviously. So you have to tell, tell, tell your approach and your, uh, I would say also the way you do things to the specific exactly, client yeah. so that you keep them satisfied. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, we, so we call this a co-creation with the client. And I've noticed that this works uh, quite well with uh, companies because mm -hmm. then the clients are basically involved, uh, are heavily involved in what you do. And uh, at least uh, you're able to get their, uh, their brain. Otherwise, um, of course, you always, uh, especially in uh, such, uh, let's say, change management processes and environments, uh, you always receive pushback from the client otherwise. Yeah, and in this way, that you're, the way you're doing it, you're actually getting their perspective, how things work in their company and actually bring new ideas into place because who knows how the company was better than the people who work there. Exactly, yeah. And what is particularly challenging there is that sometimes you work with uh, clients where there are people that basically have been working there all their lives. So yeah. you've, got, you've got people with, let's say, over 40 years of work experience, mm -hmm. a lot more than you do, and they're simply not willing to change, at yeah. least not from the start. So it's all about uh, shifting mindsets uh, eventually. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
So obviously, because you work on such challenging projects, I presume that you have people who have to manage as well. Have have you started establishing your management style, and do you have do you have a process of classifying it? Do you tailor it? Uh, yeah. So regarding my management style, I wouldn't say I have a specific management style. I definitely do not have an auto authoritarian uh, authoritarian uh, style. Mm -hmm. I don't like, so I'm not fond of, let's say, the command and control model. So I don't like telling people what to do. Uh, I would say my style is more uh, participative, but also collaborative. Mm -hmm. so, um, for, so, for example, I, I trust people. So I like to involve the right people and to hear out their uh, opinions and their perspectives, because I think people have a say and they're very often able to contribute. Uh, so uh, I'm always willing to basically hear out what they think um, and then get their perspective. So I would say I'm definitely people focused and I'm always willing to help out other people and of course offer guidance when needed. Yeah, but I think it's, it's, it's really mm -hmm. about guidance and also coaching people. It's not about telling them what to do. Uh, and yeah, it's more about guiding them and letting them make errors not big yes. errors obviously but then they learn from that and actually they become better more productive workers later on exactly yeah so of course some people especially from the start because it's uh, a change uh, management process from the start some people will need more guidance so they might want more direction from you so this is when you actually need to adapt the different uh, styles and uh, be the guy who is really more focusing on giving them directions so because simply they don't know what to do. But then once you pass this phase, yeah, your style also needs to change and adapt to the circumstances. Exactly, you have to be agile. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about technology at your workplace. Does, um, does it play a big role in how, how, how you work? Oh, definitely, yes, technology is everywhere. Right now, uh, probably the biggest example I can think of is uh, is the technology. So the tools, for example, um, uh, so let's say um, let's say the um, the programs that we're using, like uh, Zoom or MS Teams, simply mm -hmm. because of the whole kind of COVID nineteen situation in the remote working. Yeah. Uh, without technology, yeah, that's not possible. Uh, so um, now. Uh, all, all people are basically in a uh, remote working uh, environment and setting. So we need to make sure that we adapt to the circumstances and we use technology in the best possible way. So this is also what we do with um, at Blinklane. This is also what we, we do at clients. I'm currently working full-time, uh, uh, so remotely full-time. So um, uh, yeah, so I'm just making sure that I'm uh, still bringing added value to the clients and uh, I'm contributing to and solving their problems in the best possible way, even though I, I cannot be there physic physically next to them, for example. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I think that technology is going to evolve even more and more. Um, and I wanted to ask you more specifically, do, how do you think technology is going to evolve in the next 10, 15 years? Because obviously you, you see, because you work with so many different clients, obviously they have some vision as well. So maybe you can share how, how people see or how you see technology moving in the next 10, 15 years? Uh, yes, so within the next 10, 15 years, I would say many of the 
current industries will most likely be reinvented. What I mean uh, by that is I think some key technologies will play a crucial role in the future. Uh, yeah, just to give you an example, I think uh, uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning will play a key role mm -hmm. simply because, yeah, uh, so the increasing uh, ability of machines to learn and act intelligently will definitely transform our world the way we see it today, I think. So, uh, but it's not, for me, it's not only uh, about the artificial intelligence and uh, machine learning technologies, but also think about uh, Internet of Things all these kind of smart devices that will get even smarter in the future and more connected. So uh, here we can also talk about, of course, uh, big data because gathering and the transmission of all these massive uh, amounts of data will definitely uh, increase in the future. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this will definitely uh, lead to also other, um, other changes in other uh, in uh, different industries and in, uh, sectors um, uh, when i mentioned also uh, smart devices and internet of things of course here it's good to mention that i think uh, within the next 10 to 15 years we're going to see many fully uh, autonomous uh, vehicles uh, oh, because okay. that's, also, that's also of course related to the sensors uh, and i think we're going to see quite a lot of substantial improvements in uh, in this area um yeah so other technologies which i see that most likely will have a key role uh, in the future are definitely blockchain especially when we talk about uh, banking in the financial sector mm -hmm. um simply because i think yes so, so what blockchain offers is that um, it will offer uh, a lot more let's say trusted uh, transactions via these kind of super secure methods of storing and protecting data so I think, especially for the financial sector, this will have a huge impact. Obviously, uh, yes, I, I fully agree. There's going to be many, many changes in the coming years. And only time will tell how, how things are going to look in the future. Obviously, we have a glimpse right now, but we can also have some guesses as well. Yeah, you never know how this is going to end up, but you know that <laughs> this is definitely going to grow. And, and, the exactly. same, and the same goes, uh, by the way, uh, also for uh, 5G because mm -hmm. yes so but 5g is coming and um yeah i think this will also um give us faster smarter and uh, definitely more reliable and stable uh, wireless network uh, net networking which for sure will basically also help out for the develop other trends for example i mentioned uh, earlier the the connected devices the self-driving cars this will also have an impact there I fully agree. So now we come to the, some people might say the fun section, uh, the, the most fun section of the um, <laughs> the interview. Uh, can you tell me about your uh, hobbies? My hobbies? Um, okay, so I do have oh, yeah, quite a few of them, to be honest. So um, my hobbies have always been different sports, mainly. So when I was a kid, or at least uh, when, I was, uh, when I was younger, uh, I liked... Um, I like playing uh, football and table tennis. Uh, when I was in uh, school, I, I think I was fifth or sixth grade, I started playing volleyball quite actively. And to be honest, I've been playing volleyball to this day and I still love it. <laughs> right now it's uh, quite challenging, I would say, because of the COVID situation. 
and the restriction on this kind of team uh, team sports. But once the whole kind of situation is over and we're let's say back to normal uh, normal life, uh, I will definitely continue um, playing uh, playing volleyball uh, because that's simply my passion. Um, I still play football, but only from time to time. And um, here in the Netherlands, uh, I don't do it that often, to be honest. Uh, uh, other hobbies which I like very much are definitely traveling, uh, because I simply love traveling. Uh, so basically, I try to use uh, my uh, my holidays as much as possible mm -hmm. to travel. Now, of course, this is also very difficult because it's uh, hardly hardly possible. But once the whole COVID situation is over, I think uh, I will keep doing this. Um, and another one is um, I like watching um, watching movies, uh, going to the cinema. That's also um, a hobby of mine as well. Again, very challenging right now, especially going to the cinema, simply because most of the, uh, most of the movie theaters are closed. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, but I think this will change, uh, hopefully, in the coming months. Yeah, very, very interesting. Uh, quite a variety of uh, hobbies, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> especially uh, volleyball. I, uh, I, I, I've only played volleyball in like P sessions. I mostly yes. played basketball. Yeah, mostly played basketball though. <laughs> basketball. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've actually, I, yeah, I've, I wouldn't say I'm that good at basketball, but I've also played a little bit in the past just for fun. But uh, no, I'm not that good, of course. It's uh, it's not my uh, my strongest sport, let's say. No, no, no. Obviously, somebody you have to find what you what you're good at. Exactly. Um, so, uh, do you have a favorite book, and wh why is it your favorite book? Uh, favorite book. Um, so I wouldn't say I have a specific favorite book because mm -hmm. there are many that I like, but I would like to point out uh, one particular one. It's uh, the book uh, Inspired by uh, Marty Kagan. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, if you've read it. No, but yeah, for, share, share. please feel free to share it. But for me, that's probably the best book available right now on the market on modern product and on technology product management. Mm -hmm. it, it simply, so once you read it, I think it, sim it simply blows you away in the sense that Marty, who is uh, one the probably the leading expert in the world on uh, technology product management, yeah. basically describes how to create products that customers love. And he does this also by sharing uh, and giving specific examples, which are inspired by real stories of companies such as Google, Apple, Tesla, Netflix. So, oh, very interesting. I definitely have to is, check it out. Which is very good. So I really like it. Uh, otherwise, yeah, business books I read uh, constantly, but uh, uh, but this is the one that I would like to point out because it's uh, I think it's a pretty good one. Excellent. I will definitely uh, take a look at the book you suggested. It sounds very interesting. Um, can you tell me, do you have apps that you use obviously outside the work? Do you have what, what are your uh, top three apps to use outside of work? Apps, do you also mean like uh, uh, also like social networks as well? or Anything, it can be anything. Anything. 
Yeah, so of course I'm a little bit now kind of uh, not biased, but because of let's say the remote way of working, I would say that I use apps constantly <laughs> because mm -hmm. this is uh, the way it is. So uh, I would say, let's say I can point out a few that I use very often. I use LinkedIn mm -hmm. quite often. I use uh, WhatsApp, of course, to keep in touch um, with um, with my friends, but also with my colleagues. And uh, well, now we're using. Um, we're using Zoom, so I use also Zoom or MS Teams uh, quite often, or well, actually on a, on a daily basis as well. Uh, so those are, let's say, some of the apps that I use most often. And I always have uh, some, um, some also sports app, uh, apps on my mobile. Mm -hmm. For example, I guess you're, you know uh, Sportau, sportau.bg, yeah. just to keep track of, let's say, uh, um let's say the the latest uh things that are happening in the sports uh, sector and also um yeah i think those are the ones that are probably uh yeah those are the ones that i most likely use uh, or at least i use most of the time yeah yeah obviously because we have to keep in touch with people because we're not traveling we cannot see them it, the only way is to do it exactly. via apps yeah yeah um so where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Do you have an idea what you want to be doing or where you want to be in the next 10 years? Uh, yeah, very good question, actually. Um, so I do have for myself, um, because I'm interested in several aspects, I'm mainly interested in also have experience, but in consulting, as you know, in consulting, but also uh, product management and project management. Um, so uh, I do have, let's say, several career paths uh, for me. Mm -hmm. And I can see myself uh, in different places uh, in the future, in the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, for example, I can easily see myself uh, yeah, either in a um, senior leadership or partner position in a consulting firm. But most likely, uh, I will probably at one point decide to move back to a product or IT firm. And there I see myself, for example, working on a uh, senior product uh, product management position, for example, in a technology product company. Uh, so that's uh, that's one career path, which I see for myself. Mm -hmm. But also, if I decide also to, um, to study it a bit more on the project management side, I, uh, I easily see myself, for example, working as a um, portfolio manager, for example, in, in a company. Uh, so being responsible for the, prioritization, uh, for the prioritization and the alignment of different projects and programs within the strategy of the company. Uh, so I think those are probably the, let's say, the, the career paths uh, which I uh, think mostly will match my, uh, my current, let's say, uh, aspirations. Very, very exciting. I, I would like to wish <laughs> you all the best in achieving those goals. Yeah, thanks, Alex. <laughs> <clears throat> And now for my final question, um, if you could go back in time when you were 18 years old, what advice would you, would you give your younger self? Hmm. Uh, let me think. Um, so I would definitely uh, basically give, yeah. Uh, so I'll just simply say to myself, yeah, I should still uh keep basically setting ambitious goals because i think this is what people should definitely do uh, people should uh, should uh, keep setting ambitious goals for themselves and follow their dreams i think that's quite important because without having let's say a um 
let's say a vision where you want to go in a specific goal, you're not gonna, you're never gonna get there. Uh, and an advice that I would uh, definitely give to myself, but also to other people, is uh, you should never give up. If you have, let's say, a specific goal in mind, you should always pursue that. And because I think uh, perseverance and hard work definitely pay off in the end. So uh, I think uh, people should simply follow their their dreams and their their ambitions. I think this is a very good advice, and I think a lot of people will find it uh, inspiring. I I fully agree that you, if you want to do something, you have to be persistent. It's not always going to be easy to do it. You have to just be very uh, strong-willed. Have have a goal in mind and just pursue it. Yes, and I think also it's yeah, it's also about hard work. Uh, it's uh, uh, yeah, you shouldn't give up. Uh, this takes time, and then especially if it's a very ambitious goal and uh, and uh, let's say a, a vision of yours, you should definitely be uh, be persistent there and persevere in order to make this happen. Exactly. Yeah, you have to be you have to be driven, and nothing nothing a lot of things in life don't come to you on a silver platter, so you have to be prepared to work for them. Yes. Exactly. Um, on this note, I would uh, like to thank Martin for taking the time to uh, do the podcast. Um, I think that a lot of people will find it very interesting, inspiring, inspiring but also um, inf influential for their own choices because there's so many different professions out there and it's very difficult to find out what the profession entails and unless you have somebody from industry tell you. so. I think that a lot of people will find what you said about being an organizational transformation specialist, especially working with uh, big clients, uh, very interesting, but also it might motivate some of them to pursue that as a career. Yeah, 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 uh, indeed. Uh, thanks. Uh, thank you very much, Alex, for uh, for having me. I think the whole idea of uh, Career Focus, uh, the podcast is great. And I think that's going to be a very nice uh, inspiration for uh, for a lot of people. And this will definitely guide them on their journey. Yes, thank, thank you very much, Martin. And on this note, uh, thank you listeners for uh, listening to another uh, of our episodes of Career Focus. And I hope to see you next time. Thank you.